this is our advice. Um, no matter what your adversity is, no matter what your struggle is, um, you got to reach out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where you're at, um, but we just feel like um, going through it alone is just not the best way. And when we know something is not the best way, we just can't do it. Um, so like I said, it's sometimes asking for help or reaching out. It's not because it's the easy thing. It's because it's it's the thing you need to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are very excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network, that we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. I am Zach and you are Jen. (laughs) Yes, I am. Uh, Welcome back, guys. We are on episode 13. I can't remember. Are we a week behind schedule? Are we back? Technically, I think we're supposed to do one last week to catch up. So we're doing one this week. So at some point here, we're going to have to go back to back weeks to officially catch up. But here we are. But we're back. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you're listening to this, um, we are forever grateful that we still have listeners. Um, we love hearing from you guys. And uh, if we run into in person or online, um, yeah, we just love it when you give us some feedback, good or bad. Um, it means you're listening and it means we can keep this thing um, rolling. So um, yeah, here we are, episode 13. What are the updates this week? It was a crazy week. So this is the weekend after the September long weekend, which kind of meant this was the first week that um, kids were back to school, things were back to routine, which in the, I think, fitness industry everywhere, probably, or maybe just CrossFit gyms, but um, things kind of go bananas. Yeah, everyone definitely. is back from summer vacations and kind of wanting to get, I think everyone just craves that routine. They want to get back into, yeah, their routine for the fall and winter. And so makes things, yeah, a little bit crazy for the schedule. Yeah. People always ask us, um, in the new year, oh, are things like really crazy at the gym? And, um, again, I think based on the nature of our gym, we don't really get a new year's rush. Um, we get a September rush. Mm-hmm. Um, and by rush, I mean, um, not a whole bunch of new members, um, but just current members that are now, like Jen said, kind of getting the routine back. So, um, classes are busier than ever and kind of, we always kind of know what's coming, but also kind of out of nowhere because, um, things were pretty consistent and steady over the summer and then kaboom, um, classes are super busy. So, uh, we also want to start with that today just to, for anyone listening, know we are doing our best to, um, yeah, kind of figure this out. Again, we're dealing with a lot of different issues these days with um, physical distancing protocols in the gym. And then as we want to let more members come in per class, we're also running into a um, limited equipment problem that we've never had. Yeah. Because we've always been able to share equipment and um, sharing is caring. And we do that quite well at our gym up until um, the point where we 
can't do that anymore. So now without sharing limited equipment and then to really put the cherry on top, um, you can't even get equipment. It's no, been it's really hard. Nowhere. So we got plates um, that normally would have been replaced a long time ago that are crackling and crumbling and we're like, to life. yeah, put them back on the bar because <laughs> we can't get any more new ones right now. So um, actually some great news for us. I think we might've found like eight 10 pound plates. So uh, we practically felt like we hit the lottery, <laughs> yeah. bring in eight more plates. But um, yeah, just a it's, a, it's a weird time for, for all businesses. Um, we were talking to, a few different people this last week, um, even talking about, um, like hot tub sales, hot tub sales or RV sales. Um, they are through the roof as well. So it seems like businesses like theirs or ours, um, like businesses booming, but it's kind of, um, the way we understand it based on their stories and what we're going through is that, um, there was also a time of nothing because mm-hmm. we were locked down and people weren't doing anything. Um, so then that that business has picked up, which is kind of made up for lost time. But now we're all running into the same issues that we're all limited on supply. So um, people selling hot tubs or RVs, now they can't get them. So They can't sell them if they don't have them. Yeah, so it's kind of... Uh, or for us, like we are at a point where we cannot accept any new members. So in order for a gym to continue to grow... Um, you need to have space in classes. We need to be able to have more people um, or potentially a slightly different schedule, but things like that. So it's busy, but nothing's really, you're not really growing at all. Yeah. Um, In fact, people are more upset than ever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it kind of seems like, um, and this isn't a, a talk to, it's not a woe is me conversation here. Um, We still love our job. We still love our job and we still love our gym. Um, yeah, I think it's just a friendly reminder that it seems like we're out of the weeds, but I think we feel, um, again, as small business owners, we're, we're kind of like deep in the weeds and we're, we're working hard for some, for some big changes that we hope are coming soon. And, um, some new plates to maybe show up on our doorstep because it's just tough to kind of, um, operate in a different way, I suppose. Yeah. Just kind of new guidelines, new rules, new New way of playing the game. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, oh. we got some good news, positive stuff. Uh, well, just back to negative for a second. No, more <laughs> bad stuff. No, no. But I was gonna say, to be completely honest, it was a week. So we started dem- demolition on our new building, which is amazing. We had so much help last weekend, and even throughout the week, we were kind of calling for people on the day of, and we had crews show up and help us move concrete and help us sweep up and help us basically get things ready to start going, which is incredibly exciting. Um, However, we kind of felt like I, I try my best to find balance in life and not have weeks where I feel like I'm kind of spinning out of control. And I think last week was a little bit too much of the spinning out of control, just a lot of unexpected meetings or trips to the building. Um, Just, just a lot, a lot on our plate. It, it doesn't seem like this is a big renovation project, but it is. It, it is, especially for us. Yeah. Um, but there are lots of kind of moving pieces and lots of things to coordinate. And um, yeah, I had to just work hard to stay positive and not get grouchy at Zach, who unfortunately gets the brunt of my grouchiness when I feel stressed. 
Yeah, I think it was a tough week. I, I don't... You you can give yourself some more credit. You weren't that <laughs> grouchy this week, but I often joke with Jen that... Uh, I think I said this a while ago, but this was a great week um, to kind of represent this phrase is that I'm very good at rising to the occasion and I'm very good at falling to the occasion. <laughs> and um, what I mean by that, it was a very busy week, but I, I felt like I was buzzing. I felt like Sonic the Hedgehog going all over town, um, new building, current building, uh, trips to Staples Coaching, to get sanitizer stuff. Daycare, yeah, meetings. Moving hot tubs, yeah. which maybe we should talk about <laughs> as well. Um, but then Saturday hit, which is today. And um, just not as um, today, we, we kind of coached this morning, worked out this morning, had the rest of the day off, and it just kind of all hit me today. And um, yeah, still a good day, but just it's just... Uh, it was a very busy Monday to Friday, and then today I just kind of felt, I think, the aftermath of, of all of it. But um, yeah, still, um, yeah, a busy week, a crazy week, um, but still a good week. We're still here, so yeah, yeah. But the um, yeah, for me it was it was um, it was a pretty cool week. Um, my job isn't manual labor, right? Running a gym is not. I mean, I'm using my hands to demo burpees and hold PVCs and bars and stuff. But I, I really enjoy when I get the opportunity to do some manual labor, especially with some, some people around to make sure I don't, you know, some supervisors. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this week I got to drive a, uh, a scissor lift. I got to go up and down on a scissor lift and smash out drywall and smash down walls and cut up wood. And, um, it was pretty awesome. And then a few days later, um, I got to drive a Bobcat or a skid steer for the first time, which was super cool. I said to Jen, I felt like I was driving like an X-Wing or um, a Star Wars vehicle. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, and then last night, we um, I planned a little date night and my good friend Al Nickel um, borrowed me his 73 Corvette. Very fun. So I got to drive three pretty sweet vehicles this week. And um, yeah, I'm flying pretty high right now. So if anybody... Those sees vehicles me next are, week. are not yeah. not including our our Dodge Caravan and Volkswagen Golf 2002 Volkswagen Golf. Those aren't included in those sweet vehicles he's referring to. But anyway, pretty uh, yeah, pretty fun week for me. Um, yeah, that '73 Corvette it's was pretty sweet the there, thing, Al. Thank you. <laughs> it's one of the things I love most about you is that you are just super gung-ho and just you want to do it so you just do it there's just zero chance I was getting in that bobcat to maneuver it around a unless I was like with one other person probably Zach in the room and I had like absolutely nothing in the bucket something I still struggle with as, as an adult is just taking chances and just going for it and being uncomfortable and looking silly and messing up so Jen's still working on it and did not drive the bobcat um, are we telling the hot tub story or should we get on with it? I feel like a lot of our members have heard the hot tub story, but we can't not tell it now because we, <laughs> we dropped the hot tub line and people are going to want to hear, but Jen's got us into a bit of uh, it was a, like, like we said, it was a very busy week. And then in the middle of that week, um, Jen's friend needed a hot tub moved and she asked if anybody would help move a hot tub. And I think Jen agreed to do it. And when Jen agrees to do something, I obviously get dragged along <laughs> and I think we just thought, if someone's asking us to move a hot tub, it probably means that we're capable of doing it. I imagine there was going to be six of us there and we're picking up from the ground and putting on a trailer. But um, 
this isn't the first moving job that we've showed up to where we are way in over our heads, but we, uh, we showed up to this, this lady's house and the hot tub was up a flight of stairs. It was on a deck and then it was in a solarium, solarium or an enclosed patio that seemed to be built around the hot yeah, tub. Yeah, <laughs> the hot tub was massive <laughs> and the enclosed patio was small. Um, and anyway, so we looked at it. There was just three of us. It was There was only three of us there and we had to somehow get it. And I've, I have no experience moving hot tubs. I look at Jen, I'm just like, Jen, there's just no way. Like yeah. I was afraid this guy helping us was going to die or we were going to die. This hot tub was going to roll on us. But we... Uh, we thought we might as well flip it on its side and try to go towards the door. About 10 seconds into the job, we just smashed the lady's light hanging from the roof. So that wasn't a good start. There was glass everywhere. Long story short, she called a guy from Creasy's and uh, I think it was Sean from Creasy showed up, didn't charge us or didn't charge her, brought a skid skid, and he helped us and directed us. And it was pretty crazy taking this massive hot tub down a flight of stairs i just thought it was not going to happen yeah he literally just helped us out of the goodness of his heart so if anyone needs hot tub well hot tubs or chemicals or service or if you know sean from creasy's yeah give him a foot five um because he saved the day he was basically superman because there was just no way we could help this lady and we wanted to or our friend who really needed the hot tub yeah and uh yeah, somehow he knew how to get this thing down the stairs and nobody got hurt. So um, that was the hot tub story. So if anybody so in needs summary, a piano, I'm couch, not allowed to grand, yeah, hot tub make moved. any moving plans <laughs> anymore. So yes, we are strong, but we are not, uh, we're not movers. We're we not experienced come with any movers. other special skills. Yeah. <laughs> All right, have we got an update there? Yeah. All right, guys. So the, um, the topic for today that we kind of came up with was... Um, um, something that's kind of been on our brains lately um, because we're about to go through um, or try um, to have a second baby. Yeah. Um, which is almost crazy to say out loud. I don't even know if everybody knows that yet, I guess. I think our parents know, right? We, I think so. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's good that they know before <laughs> everyone else knows. Um, but yeah, we... Um, our daughter Paxton is should Se- probably know this seven, almost seventeen months. Almost seventeen months. Um, yeah, and we are we are ready and excited to. Well, I don't think you're ever ready, but right. We've we've made the decision. We are not getting any younger. It's <laughs> we should probably just go for it. Yeah, but we uh, yeah we've always wanted. Um, we've always talked about having two kids, and after having the first, we just let it settle for a while. But now we're, I think we're ready to have a second kid. And, um, I think all the parents of two children or more are just having like a good chuckle to themselves right now. And I, I fully agree with you, (laughs) but our, uh, yeah, our topic today is kind of working through adversity. And, um, the reason that's the title for today is because, um, I guess for anybody who knows us probably knows this already, but if you don't, um, we had Paxton, um, through IVF, which stands for in vitro. vitro. Fertilization. fertilization. <laughs> yeah. I don't say that very often. I, I always say IVF, but um, yeah. So we went through the IVF process to have Paxton and we're about to go through it again. Mm-hmm. Um, not the full process this time because we still have three, three frozen embryos yeah. waiting for us in Victoria um, in a deep freeze 
somewhere. <laughs> Which is still just mind, <clears throat> mind boggling, bottling. We, we're yeah. not sure, but, um, yeah. So the, the process this time, and I mean, maybe we'll kind of backtrack or we'll start from the beginning of the story to kind of go through the process. Cause I know a lot of people, well, a lot of people now, um, can use some form of IVF, uh, but there are kind of multiple ways that fertility clinics can help couples. And so not every way is the same. And so I think if someone that you know is maybe going through it, maybe this will help kind of put some perspective on what's actually happening. Yeah. And also I think um, we want to talk about this state just because um, dealing with adversity, I think comes in, in so many different forms. And this is just our main example because this is probably, this was probably one of the toughest times in our lives. Um, you know, one of the biggest struggles that we went through, it was, it was, you know, it felt like quite a bit of adversity. Um, I mean, now that Paxton is almost 17 months. You kind of start to forget. But. Yeah. But, um, you know, when we were in it, it was, it was very difficult. And, um, yeah, I remember having a, a conversation with someone one time and, um, you know, they were dealing with some adversity, um, and it kind of came up. You know, the comment was kind of made like, you know, how would you know, um, you've never really been through anything this difficult. Um, you know, and I, I, I kind of understood that person was maybe stressed or frustrated. I kind of understood where that comment was coming from, but, um, you know, I said, well, in fact, I, I think I've been through maybe more than, you know, um, and I, I think that is, you know, that was kind of the first lesson that I think we all could learn is that, um, I think more people have been through more than you know, um, because even right now, as we're talking on this podcast, I mean, we're going through um, different struggles, and I'm sure everybody listening um, is going through their own adversity. Sometimes it's major, sometimes it's mild, but um, it's it's important to remember that. Um, you know, and this is a lesson we're trying to constantly teach ourselves is that, um, we all live in our own world. In so our you own little bubble in our own little brain, our own little bubble. And, um, whatever we're going through is very important because it's, it's happening to us now. Um, so it's very difficult sometimes to kind of take yourself out of your own shoes and try to put yourself in someone else's shoes for a bit. Um, because A, you just don't know what they're going through, and B, it's hard to take on more problems when you're already going through your own stuff too. So um, we kind of want to just tell the story today because, um, yeah, we just it was kind of one of our biggest struggles, I guess, um, ever since we've been we've been together. But it started back. Um, Jen was still living in Winnipeg at the time, so I'm trying to rewind back to the year. I guess it would have been like 2015, right? Um, 2016 no 2016 yeah yeah we got married summer of 2017 Mm -hmm. so summer of 2016 jen is still living in winnipeg um and i'm living in brandon jen works for manitoba hydro Mm -hmm. and i work um i'm running crossfit rocked um help me out with the story at this point so at this point you made a decision to move to brandon yes yes we had already made the decision i moved all my stuff here you were living in our house just downstairs, had rented up the upstairs. And um, my job 
they were very, they, they were still undecided at that point, whether they were going to let me move or they won't. And I think I had to wait like two or three months for, for like a final answer. Right. So, Jen so was I still, lived, yeah. yeah, I lived with a friend in Winnipeg, um, during that time. Well, actually a couple of friends during that time. And we, yeah, decided that like, we were so gung ho to have a baby that we decided that we were going to start trying anyways. Yeah. We weren't living together yet. Um, we weren't even engaged yet. I don't think, Mm -hmm. no, we knew we'd get engaged at some point or get married at some point, but we knew, um, yeah, I think we just knew we, we knew what we knew. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is always an interesting conversation now having been through it because when people say they're trying, there are about 10,000 different levels of (laughs) people trying to get pregnant. And so I think at that time we were like very mild, which means we just weren't using any protection and yeah, just newsflash here. I don't know who's listening to this kids or adults or, but, um, we're going to use all the real names of things. Yeah. Real names. And, and we're opening up about everything. And, and, uh, I think anybody who knows us, we've, we've, yeah, we're pretty open about all of this stuff, but yeah, we're heading down this path now. So we are doing it. Um, (laughs) and we've been doing it for a while, but we are now, actually trying to get pregnant um but, but it's, no, it's also only yeah but we're staying relaxed about it because i didn't want to be stressed yeah. i'm not tracking anything i'm not using it was a calendar also, i'm not using an app yeah it was also month one of trying yeah but anyway month one of trying you know we weren't trying that hard nothing happened month two of trying we're not trying that hard jen's still in winnipeg month three of trying jen moves to brandon we're now living together Still trying again, you're not really that like you kind of look at different stats or you talk to people. Oh, it takes like, you know, easily could take six months. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, we know. got engaged at the beginning yeah. of September. There's um, lots going on. Yeah. But now we live together. We're, you know, now I think we're excited. We are trying a bit harder and trying a bit harder and the months kind of, yeah, keep rolling by. And so we... Again, with the trying, um, at first I would say it was completely random days, no idea what days we're supposed to be doing anything. And then I think that kind of evolved, um, just talking to friends and people that had kids like, Oh, you know, you should be using an ovulation test. I'm like, Oh, okay. There's like ovulations, very important. I think when you're a kid growing up, you are just like, you wouldn't dare of having unprotected sex because you will get pregnant. So I think mm-hmm. as a, as an adult, I kind of thought like you just stop using protection equals you get pregnant. I wasn't aware of all of the, um, I mean, basically for anyone out there that isn't aware of this, there is a very small window of days to get pregnant every month. And then as you get older, that kind of goes down. Yes. But kids wear protection (laughs) yes um anyway so i think as the months passed i started you know doing a bit more research talking to more people trying to start with the ovulation tests um and to try to again you can also if this was graphed out you would see like fun and excitement starting to like dwindle as the mapping and scheduling and um testing kind of went up everything else kind of goes down so it it does yeah it's it's not super fun in months six seven eight nine 
uh, where, you know, you have a couple days to give it a whirl. You try your best. I mean, I think I was doing handstands for a while there. Just anything to <laughs> increase the odds. But yeah, I mean. After the fact, I should. Yeah, yeah. Fa- fast forward, we're now on, you know, month seven, eight, nine. We figured something m- might be up. Um, yeah, I think that's when I reached out to <clears throat> my doctor here. And she said that, yeah, that, I mean, tests and stuff to start getting ordered would take a while anyway. So she agreed because I think usually you have to try for about a year. Um, but we were pretty close to that mark. And so she agreed to start just ordering, basically just starting the process of um, seeing what was up, right? Like this doesn't make sense that you're not getting pregnant. And I, to be honest, like it was, it was a relief for me personally to have those tests ordered and to start some investigation because I was getting very frustrated and overwhelmed that I was out of options and things to try and to change and to adapt. Like I didn't know what else to do. And so going to the doctor and kind of starting these new investigations gave me like some, okay, we're making forward progress again. We're going to find out what's up. And at this point we're about a year in. Yeah. Hey, about a year. And then, um, yeah. And like Jen said, you know, the first few months you don't think much of it and it's still fun, exciting, but eventually it became, I mean, just, it was, it was really hard because we're, I mean, I think I was, again, I can't do all the math right now, but I'm 30 years old. You were 32, 33. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're just kind of ready for this thing to happen and it's just not happening. And I just like my heart, um, broke just every month ever. And I mean, I know Jen's heart broke, but I feel like when you're someone you love is sad. I feel like my heart broke like twice as hard. I was just, I was so stressed and just out of, I just had no answers. I was sad that Jen was so sad and we were just, it couldn't, it just wasn't happening. Um, yeah, it was a very, very tough time just month after month after yeah, month. And it it's kind just, of, it's almost yeah. like a roller coaster in terms of like you, you get your period, you're devastated again. It didn't happen again. You know, I'm almost to the point, like, I don't know what's going on. Like this isn't going to happen for us. I can't believe it. Like, you know, um, and then, you know, also there's some hormones involved there, but then, you know, four, three, four days later, you kind of come out of the darkness and you're like, okay, like, you know, we're going to do this. And yeah, we did say like the whole time, you know, like we're going to have a kid no matter what, like no matter what it takes, no matter what form it comes in, like it's going to happen. We're going to be parents. Um, so you'd kind of have that conversation again, you get all geared up, you'd go at it again, you know? Um, and then the, the cycle kind of continues. Yeah. And then, so yeah, anyway, so, um, and we'll kind of get back to, I think some of the things we learned along the way, but we're now about a year in and, um, we're getting our test results back mm-hmm. and I don't know, did you get yours first? Did I yeah, get I think mine I first? I did all my testing first Yeah, and I don't know why, if that was just a scheduling thing or they just, yeah, I was just waiting for my appointment. I think maybe. the woman has like a lot of just different testing options. Like I think we started with the blood work and then we did an ultrasound and then, you know, kind of there's just different avenues and they all kept coming back like, nope, didn't find anything, didn't yeah. find anything. And 
Um, yeah. So then I had a, a doctor's appointment and I remember sitting there and it just, just hit me like a ton of bricks and I just sat there just stunned. Um, not that I thought it had to be Jen or it, it just couldn't be me, but it's just, yeah. Um, my sperm count was extremely low and we just couldn't, we couldn't figure it out after all the tests. Um, everything came back good. My home, my hormones came back good. Um, you know, we just, we didn't have, we had an answer now of why it wasn't happening, but not, but no clear path it. of, of why it's happening. And mm-hmm. there was, um, we can lighten the mood here in a bit now cause it's getting heavy for a bit. And, <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah. Um, so that, you know, now that the, the tests are happening, but, um, the one, the one day that was funny in there, I remember coming home. I just, it's not fun walking around the hospital with a bright yellow Bio. hazardous biohazard waste bag. Like, I don't know. So to go make, you know, to go give your specimen specimen. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. They give you a bag and they give you a cup it's and you got to radioactive <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and you got to write the exact time and then you got to walk that bag into the front desk. Just put it on the receptionist's desk. Yeah. They said, I'll just leave it there. And you just, there's a waiting room with a bunch of people and you just, this biohazard thing you put down <laughs> and it was like, I thought it'd be more discreet. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh. anyway, that was, that was quite the day. Um, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so it um, we kind of found out it was me, um, and in a way, I'm glad it was me um, because I think I would feel worse if it was Jen because then Jen would feel worse because it, she would feel like it was her. So I always like I would rather take the burden or take the weight, but um, I just kind of realized the months prior and then the month after month. So we, you know, we kept trying, we kept trying. We're 20 months in, we're 22 yeah, months in. Yeah, I think in, they gave us about a 5% and, chance. Yeah. And it's just tough. Um, cause you know, I think you were strong through all this, but, um, every month when you would come out of the bathroom or, you know, and say, yeah, like I had my period again, there was just, you could just see the energy from us draining. We're just tired of this. And, um, it was just very difficult to see the person you love, um, be sad. And then I, I know not that it was my fault. Like it was something I could control, but I knew it was me. Um, and it just, yeah, it was, it was a really rough couple of years. Um, and I know, I know people go through worse and we try to tell ourselves that, you know, it's not that bad. Um, other people have it worse and we should be lucky. We have good jobs. We mm-hmm. live in a good house. But like I said at the start of this is that when you are in it. It's kind of all consuming. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, people around you, everyone's getting pregnant. Everybody all at once on the same week, it seems like. Yeah. Everybody's getting pregnant. It's just so hard. It kind of consumes us uh, or it consumed us. Um yeah, it was a really tough couple of years, but, um, but I mean, we always made a point to like with everyone getting pregnant around as, you know, as hard as, as much as we wanted it, it wasn't, it wasn't hard to see. We just wanted it really bad too, but 
we, we knew that our friends also really wanted it bad. So we really shared in like their experiences and their joy because we just knew that eventually would be our time. And, yeah, and you can almost just, sense it from people like yeah. they knew what we were going through. And I, I think we want to just make sure like someone getting pregnant or someone having a baby has nothing to do with us. Yeah. Not having a baby right now. Um, yeah. And anyway, it was, I know people have gone through similar stories and I'm assuming somebody listening to this it has either gone through that because um, we know we know yeah. friends or members at our gym that have gone through it or are going through it and um yeah it's just it's probably the the biggest adversity that mm-hmm. we've had to go through um and um again i know people have been through worse things but um you know i think we we learned some some valuable lessons along the way mm-hmm. um the first one is that like the this the story had a happy ending um because um i don't like to use the word lucky but yeah like we were extremely lucky and mm-hmm. we are extremely grateful for um everybody at the victoria fertility clinic that helped us through this um it was a long process to have paxton um mm-hmm. i remember i don't know when this exactly <laughs> started but I think I asked you three. I think three... we met with him December in December of 2017. Yeah. Um, but lead, remember when? When did it start that I had to give you a needle a day for 77 days? Uh, well, that was like when we started our tra- like that was before the transfer. Before the transfer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I remember, yeah, like Jen giving herself needles, and then it was too much, so I had to take over. And well, because I couldn't reach. <clears throat> I was giving him... The, I was... Okay, well, let's back up. We'll, we'll get there. But I was giving myself progesterone and oil because... Yeah, let's back up. We'll we'll get there. Um, so after we found out that, that it was Zach's sperm count, and again, biology lesson, you need millions and trillions... Is it trillions? Um, of sperm on the egg to kind of all crack the shell so that one can get in so if there's not enough it's just it's impossible for them to get through I guess not impossible we had five percent um so the positive in all of that was that we were the perfect candidates for in vitro fertilization and so we we just jumped on the bus like there was no hesitation we made our appointment um with the OB like, I mean, as soon as we could, she referred us to two different clinics. We chose to go to Victoria, which could be a podcast on its own. Um, and we just jumped right in. Like someone basically, you know, this door kind of closes and a hundred percent, like, do you grieve the fact that, you know, your story is not going to be like, oh, we had this wonderful night and there was wine. And then, you know, you were created like, do you grieve that you are not just going to be surprised one day and wake up pregnant? Of course. Like you, you grieve every kind of piece that wasn't the way that you thought it was going to be. But when someone opens the door and says, wait, we have this way that we can make this work. Like we, I wasn't embarrassed. I was, (laughs) I was thrilled. Um, and so we, you know, met with the doctors and, you know, kind of step one of that process is that you have to get, embryos and like I said before there's there's a lot of different ways to yeah fertility clinics can help some people take fertility meds okay so that's 
people asked us all, or they still ask us all the time about, you know, are you worried you're going to have twins? And no, we're not worried we're going to have twins because they're only going to put in one embryo. So we're not on fertility meds. We're not looking for more eggs. Um, that's not the route that we're taking. There's other routes where they don't actually have to take the, the eggs out. They just try to inseminate them um, kind of on their way down. So there's that's called IUI, interuterine insemination, a little less, well, a lot less expensive and a lot less invasive than, than IVF. Um, and then there's IVF, which is where they actually take my egg out and put it in a Petri dish. And in our case specifically, they would take my egg and one of Zach's sperm and hope that they could fertilize the egg. So in regular IVF, they would just take the egg and put it in with billions of sperm. But obviously that wasn't the case with us. So we had, um, I think, do we have 19 eggs that they got? 19 eggs, 12 of them were mature enough. I think nine of them fertilized. Fast forward a rough five days of waiting for them to keep maturing. And we ended up with four um, embryos at the blastocyst phase, which are like five day old embryos. And then they freeze them. That's like the, the Coles notes version. <laughs> so on, um, yeah, in the, what is it called? Retrieval. So where they go and get the eggs. I think my part is fairly extensive removing eggs. So we were in Victoria for that. And, um, Zach's part was maybe a little different, little different experience than mine. (laughs) Yeah. Like Jen said earlier, it's not, uh, maybe quite the magical experience that you, um, dreamt of in your head, but we were, um, obviously just super excited to be there. And I think, um, super excited to be, I guess, to that point or in that moment. So, um, it was still an awesome day, but it definitely, it is, even though we're both adults and there's a lot of adults listening, it's still a kind of a weird thing when the nurse leads you down in the hall back to this back closet room where we both know what's about to go down (laughs) in that room. (laughs) And then they have to give you the, uh, the speech of what to do. And there was even a, um, a talk about, it's not like a warning. It's like a, they have to brief you on what's in the room. So she just said, you know what you need to do in here. And there's a TV in there with her remote. And just so you know that when you turn it on, Um, it's not sports and news on there. So (laughs) you need to know what is going to be on that TV when you turn it on. She said, you think people would know, but sometimes they get caught off, caught off guard. So it was, um, yeah, kind of a awkward, funny (laughs) moment. And I said, okie dokie, thank you. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, I took my, my cup and then went into that walk of shame, (laughs) Yeah, walk of shame into the back closet. But, uh, still, I mean, yeah, you were down the hall. It was it was an exciting day, but still a, um, I don't know, I guess a comical moment of 
nodding at this nurse that, yeah, I, I, I know what's happening here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, needless to say it, uh, I knew what was on the TV and yeah. I knew what kind of magazines were in the drawer <laughs> and I knew what needed to be done. And, uh, I guess I, I did, uh, I did my part, um, which is also, we've talked about this before. It's quite funny in all of this that, um, of all the things Jen went through and it was really my, my issue. I said, it's funny that there's just not a needle that you could stick into my area and get things rolling. (laughs) Instead, my part was like giving needles giving needles to you, but also two minutes in a back closet. Right. Yes. Yes. I flew out to Victoria for two minutes in the porno closet. And that was the extent of my work. It's, <laughs> it's quite funny when, um, of all the things we went through, that's kind of what I did for, well, to make you were moral support. You held yeah. my hand through the retrieval. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of headed back home and, had four embryos and then you kind of get geared up for, for a frozen embryo transfer where they just take one of those little embryos and thaw it a little bit and put it in your uterus and you kind of just hope for the best. There's no, like I remember the nurse coming in and, and she was just so warm, but so matter of fact, like it's just, she said, it's, it's never you. Like it's nothing nothing that you're going to do. She said, these cells, you know, we study them and we grade them and, you know, they look like they're healthy and they have energy, but she said they, you know, when the DNA is dividing, like one little miss, whatever snippet, and it will just shut down the whole operation or it doesn't adhere properly. And you're like, there's just so many things. And she just said, um, like you've, you've done everything right. You're there and you just try and, you kind of hope for the best. So, I mean, that's what we did. We, I guess this is where the, the 77 needles come in, but right. we, so we, well, after the, the initial procedure, we came back home, but then mm-hmm. you had to fly back out there. Yeah. Um, to get the frozen embryo transfer, right? That mm-hmm. was a, was that a, like another month later? Yeah. I think about a month. Right. So Jen flew two. back out to Victoria by herself. They did the transfer, um, and then she came back to Brandon and then we waited 10 days, 10 days. Yeah. yeah. And then Jen took a pregnancy test and it was positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I think that was the first time you came out of the bathroom <laughs> with some good news. Yeah. Um, cause that will be a day I will never forget. I was just, um, and I know when you're, you first get that, that positive pregnancy test, I know there's a long journey ahead, but it was like over 24 months of disappointing news. Um, and that was just, yeah, that was just, just the very first time we felt like, wow, this could actually happen. Um, and that was, that was definitely a magical day, but, um, anyway, so yeah, the, this, so then after that, now we're back on track, we've caught up to, um, more needles, right? So you had to take, Yeah. So, um, kind of leading up. And so this is what we'll start, I guess, right away. It's, it's very interesting. You kind of, you wait for day one of your period. So it's like the first time in 
like history, you're just super excited to get your period um, because that kind of kicks off the whole cycle and they, they can't really schedule things and you can't tell you what to do until you get it. And that's your day one. And then you start estrogen, um, which I'll be doing, I guess, starting hopefully next week. And if everything goes well, um, you have to get an ultrasound, I guess, midway through your cycle and they check and see how thick your lining is to make sure that it's like a hundred percent what they want before you fly out to Victoria. And if they like what they see, then we started progesterone in oil and that is an intermuscular injection. And so I took it. Yeah. For seven, seven days a week for 11 weeks. Yeah. And you started, you were doing it. Yeah. I was, I started it myself. I think I started in Ottawa actually, but I was doing it in my leg, um, where I can see. And it's, it's just the spots get kind of painful. So it ended up that I was getting like Charlie horses in all of the areas that I was injecting. And so we ended up having to, so then Dr. Zach had to step in. Yeah. Move it to the back. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> besides those first few there's days, more muscle back there. Yeah. I think I gave Jen a, a needle in her butt for 70 days in a row. Mm-hmm. It was pretty, it's even crazy now when I, it's almost like I forget about those times as well, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And anyway, Jen had a great pregnancy and we had Paxton and, and life is pretty amazing right now, but we're already back to, um, we don't have to go through the, the struggle anymore mm-hmm. or the retrieval. We are just now at the frozen mm-hmm. embryo transfer stage. So mm-hmm. we get to, um, skip some hearts of, uh, sorry, some, some months of, uh, heartbreak. Yeah. And I mean, there yeah. was like, we are so excited to be even at this stage. There's about I don't know, 10 things that could probably go wrong at this point in terms of it getting canceled and us not being able to go through with it. So I'm already kind of mentally prepared for those because it's happened before. Um, But I mean, when I guess PAX turned one and we had kind of, I guess, started thinking about it again, um, I mean, we were like shut down. You couldn't travel anywhere. So at that point we thought, wow, like we might not get to travel to Victoria like, you know, on our own timeline, or we don't know if they'll let us come. So there was a lot of questions and a lot of uncertainty that we didn't even, never thought that would be a thing, that we wouldn't be able to go and just get a transfer. Um, So I think the fact that we're here and planning and it's okay, you know, with precautions to travel um, to BC, like we're just excited that we have this opportunity again. Yeah. Yeah. And we are, um, yeah, I guess we hope you enjoyed our, our story today. Um, again, we talk about being resilient and expecting adversity and expect to overcome it. Um, and we, we kind of use this story. I think we feel like we use it a lot in our lives to reflect and remind ourselves that, um, cause yeah, again, it was probably the biggest struggle we've been through. Um, and on the other side of it, it's pretty glorious now. Um, mm-hmm. I think we are extra thankful and grateful um, just because it, it it took such a long time and we worked so hard to um, have packs and that we are just happy to be here. So I guess, um, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed our story um, and I we kind of want to, um, yeah, leave with leave you with a few things that I guess we, um, we think about um, when we reflect on kind of adversity that we've been through. Mm-hmm. I think the first one is just, it's that whole notion of asking for help when you, yeah, you can't do something the way that you thought, or you realize that you 
you need assistance in some area. Like sometimes that's just tough to take because I feel like we are a community of just humble people that like to get things done and, you know, they don't want to burden anyone else. And they, it's just, sometimes it's really hard. I still struggle with it, even with daily tasks, getting help from friends and family. Yeah. Um, But stepping out of that comfort zone and getting the help from fertility doctors. Absolutely. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm, I'm quite confident that the first feeling we all have is shame and embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for, again, I can only speak for myself, but getting the news from your doctor that it's, it's you, that I'm the problem. Um, my sperm count is low. It's, 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 it's not good news. Um, it's, it's, it's tough to take. Um, and I guess I think back like, you know, instead of feeling shame and embarrassment for too long, we just started to um, take action and we started to talk about it and share our story. So instead of letting it build up inside of us, inside of our heads um, and wear us down, we kind of said, screw it. Like it just, mm-hmm. that's, that's news. We don't need to let that news define us or um, give us emotions that we that are not going to do us any good. So we just immediately um, went to work and yeah, started asking for help um, and help from. I mean, help could be asking for help from professionals because mm-hmm. we needed professional help. But also, we started sharing our stories with everybody, our parents our friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was hard, but not nearly as hard as going through it alone. Yeah. Um, Or like kind of in secret. Yeah. So I feel like asking for help, it's not, it's not the easy thing to do, but it is the right thing to do. I don't think anybody can argue against that. It's, it's all about reaching out for help and, and talking to people. Um, and I think we realized early on that the more we did that, even though, we still felt some sadness inside and, and we were still struggling. We, we felt better. Yeah. It kind of built us up. Yeah. Rather than just, um, dwelling on it by ourselves, um, you know, inside our home, um, we kind of, yeah, we just kind of let it out and people, people were so supportive, I guess. And that kind of, like you said, that kind of built us up. Yeah. Like friends, I mean, friends were obviously supportive. Family was supportive. But also just, I mean, people came out of the woodwork. They were reaching out people I hadn't talked to in years that they had used IVF and they went, they went here and, you know, people in Brandon, we had a little support group. And I mean, it just, I don't know if we could have done it alone in the dark by ourselves yeah. because it's, it's certainly not easy. There's needles, there's hormones, there's, um, there's worry, there's anxiety. So, I mean, just having that. There's shame, there's embarrassment, but, but it doesn't need to be you alone. It doesn't need to be that bad. So I, we, we feel again, this is our advice. Um, no matter what your adversity is, no matter what your struggle is, um, you got to reach out Mm -hmm. and I don't know where you're at. Um, but we just feel like, um, going through it alone is just not the best way. And when we know something is not the best way, we just can't do it. Um, so like I said, it's sometimes asking for help or reaching out. It's not because it's the easy thing. It's because it's, it's 
the thing you need to do. Um, yeah, the, I remember early on too, right? The next thing I want to talk about is kind of like, I think, um, yeah, we had some very tough weeks and tough months and tough years, but early on we basically adopted, um, a never quit attitude. So basically we knew where we wanted to go. We knew we were, we wanted to have a kid. We didn't know how we were going to do it though. Um, but we just knew, you know, in our, in our tough times, we kind of kept reminding ourselves, you know, we can be sad for five minutes or 10 minutes or half this day if we want to, but I'm soon, you know, next hour or in a few hours or tomorrow, we got to get back to work. Um, cause we're not going to stop working towards what we want. And in this case, it, we wanted to be parents. We wanted a kid and we knew, we knew we were going to make it happen some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. And we just kept that belief in us that, I mean, yeah, we hoped it would happen naturally or IVF or adoption. I mean, we started to reach out and just, or like surrogacy yeah. or you can, I mean, there's, yeah, there's so many options now. Yeah. But. And we just, um, you know, I think just adopting again, whatever you're going through could be totally different. Um, but you have to adopt that never quit attitude. You're going to get um, there. Yeah. Never stop moving forward. Um, you're going to hit speed bumps. You're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to hit mountains, but just, you can't stop and you got to, um, kind of stay focused on what is on the other side. And even when it, I mean, even when we started moving towards IVF, I mean, it was just, it was so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember which syringe went into which bottle for which yeah. liquid. And I'm trying to give Jen Injection, injections like, and she's, yeah. her butt cheeks are bruised and we're just fighting to get there. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it worked out, but I mean, I just feel like there was some, there was definitely some dark times and some tough times, but, um, I think just ask for help and just, we would constantly remind ourselves that we're never going to stop moving forward. So we might as well not be sad for too long. Um, we might as well just kind of get over this little wave of what we're going through and, um, just kind of keep our heads up and keep moving forward. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think just, I don't know. It all now, again, everything gets put in perspective. Now it doesn't seem like that big, big of a thing. And that's just how we had her. But at the time it was huge and yeah, it was just life changing because we, we met people. We, we realized how lucky we were that, you know, we were great candidates for that procedure and how many people had way more insane struggles with the same goal in mind, right? You meet people that want to have a kid and sometimes that's not IVF, not an option either. And so just talking through that with people. So yeah, I just feel like, like Zach said, just reaching out, and just never, never forget what you're on the quest for because you know you want it and you're going to get there. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing when you do. Yeah. I recently watched um, uh, The Dark Knight and uh, there's a quote. For in the 7,000th time. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, but there's a quote in The Dark Knight and it is, the night is always darkest before the dawn. And I know it's a Batman movie, but I love that quote. The night is always darkest before the dawn. Um and I always feel like with, with whatever we're going through, again, in our darkest times, 
of going through trying to have a baby in IVF, um, how quickly it led to having a baby. It just, it, it seems like a blur now. So I feel like even when you're in your darkest times um, and you feel like there's no way out, but there is. Um, so I feel like the piece of actionable advice I'd like to leave people with is get out a notebook and get out a pen. Um, whatever your struggle is, write down three things or five things that you could be doing or that you should be doing that you know would help you move towards um, the dawn or the light, the things that would help you get out of the dark. Um, just write them down so that your notepad knows and you know what needs to happen. Um, and I feel like if you can just start there with a few simple things, whether it could be, right, I think when I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed, I go for a walk. So I would write, go for a walk on my notepad. And sometimes when you see something, um, it's out of your brain, it's on paper now and it's you can tangible. see it, you can read it, you realize, yeah, I can do that thing. Um, so write those things down and then if you want to, you can add little bullet points to those things about who is someone I could reach out to that would help me with this thing. Because um, if it is... I guess in our case, something on our notebook would have been like, we need to look into IVF. That would have been one. And then a bullet point might have been, hey, I need to reach out to friends to figure out who's gone through this process. And that's kind of exactly what we did. Mm -hmm. And that led us to um, our friend Andrea, who led us to her friend, Lisa, who went through it, mm -hmm. which led us to she said, you should really talk to Victoria. Mm -hmm. And a week later we had a, um, Skype meeting, a Skype meeting. And that completely changed our lives. That Skype meeting got everything rolling. And I think that was, that was the dawn for us. That was coming out of the dark and realizing that, Hey, we've got this path now we can get out of this. So, um, yeah. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this one today. And again, we're just here to help. Um, we're always here to listen, but, uh, like I said, guys, um, whatever you're going through, write some things down that is going to move you towards, um, your goal and, um, yeah, just, um, keep moving. Yeah. We'll keep you posted on frozen embryo transfer number two. All right. Thanks guys. Hope you enjoyed episode 13 and, um, We'll be back soon. Talk to you later. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. We really appreciate your support and hope to have you back again soon. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Ted Good Music and the band Heat, for allowing us to use their music. Until next time, let's keep rewriting our story and redefining who we are. Just